from Birmingham in the heart of England, this is Radio Rotary. Hello everyone, this is Jonah Trebois speaking to you from the National Event Center in beautiful Birmingham, England, United Kingdom, where over 19,000 Rotarians have gathered for the 2009 Rotary International Convention. For the next half hour, join me as we explore the Rotary International Convention in the cavernous House of Friendship, which features some of the wonderful humanitarian efforts Rotary is making around the world. My guest now on Radio Rotary is John Byrne from Wales. And John, I'm going to ask you to pronounce the town where you are in Wales. Llangevny. I'm glad you said that, John. And you are here to talk about a group called Interact. Tell us what Interact is. Interact is a group of youngsters from the age of 14 to 18. They're sponsored by a, a local Rotary club, or clubs, and are school-based or home-based or community-based, whichever is most convenient. They work exactly as a Rotary club. They have a president, a vice president, a treasurer, and secretary. They have their own uh, business account, and they do at least one international and at least one community project project per year. Um, they then move on, hopefully, from Interact to Rotarite, Youth Exchange, and hopefully Rotarians as they go through their life. They're given the opportunity at an early stage through Rotary to help to develop them at their early adult stage. Well, John, I'm pleased to say my home club of Red Hook in uh, the Hudson Valley of New York has an Interact club, and uh, they have that same commitment, don't they, to service above self as the adult Rotarian. Absolutely. They work on the same principles. They come to Rotary Clubs and they take part in our activities. The Rotary Club also then get them involved in worldwide organizations and things that are needed elsewhere for those less fortunate, whether it's the polio um, project, whether it's fresh water, uh, schools, etc. And they, these youngsters, if they're given the opportunity, you'll be amazed at what they can do. And John, uh, are there Interact Clubs around the world or just in the English-speaking Rotary world? There are Rotary Clubs throughout the world of all different languages, all different uh, nationalities and creeds and colors. It's a worldwide thing just like ours and that you, they're involved in everything that we do. John Bird of Wales, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. That's been my pleasure. Have a good day. You enjoy the convention. Take care. Thank you. I just passed a young lady here who's got a sign that says, Ask me about youth exchange. So we're going to do that here on Radio Rotary. Her name is Patricia Smith. Her friends, I'm sure, call her Patty. She's from Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Well, Patty, you're a long way from Bluebell, Pennsylvania here in Birmingham, as I'm a long way from Red Hook, New York. But tell us something about youth exchange. What's it all about? Well, Youth Exchange is a, a program that Rotary runs for um, high school students. It's a, an academic year abroad. Uh, they're away for about 10 to 11 months. They should be between the ages of 18, uh, 18 and a half down to 15. And uh, they go abroad and they attend school and they live in uh, two to three host families. Um, we exchange with just about every um, country that has a Rotary Club in it. So that's uh, quite a few. And... Um, my area, which is the northeast of the United States, we send about um, 250 students every year, and we take in about 270 students every year. Well, you know, Patty, I'm very proud to say that my home club of Red Hook, New York, has had a youth exchange 
person from overseas at least every year for the past 25 years. So we, we just had a young man from Austria, we've had young people from Germany, Spain, and Brazil. They're just delightful young people to have, and we've even sent a few American students overseas. What is the idea behind Youth Exchange? Why do we even do this other than to, you know, maybe show a kid a good time? Well, um, it's a lot more than that, actually. Um, the, um, uh, the mission, basically, is uh, to um, help these kids uh, have uh, more understanding and hopefully we'll have some peace uh, sometime in the future because once these kids um, they come, they go on exchange they meet so many kids from so many different countries and they uh, learn tolerance and that they learn that everybody is the same and so maybe at some point in the time down the road, you know, years from now maybe we won't have wars or fights or things like that because um, you know, these young people that are coming are understanding now that they everyone's really the same. World Peace, one of the great goals of Rotary, and Patty Smith from Bluebell, Pennsylvania, is helping to contribute to that with her activities in youth exchange. Patty Smith, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you, and uh, thank you for interviewing me, because I think it's a great program to get the word out. Thanks so much, Patty. My next guest is Carol Pandak, uh, in, who comes from Eviston, Lighthouse, Illinois, and we're talking about Polio Plus. Now, Carol, let me ask you a question. You, of course, the people can't see on the radio, you're a very young lady. I'm an old guy. I remember when kids had polio. I remember the miracle of the salt and Sabin vaccines. Why is Rotary still talking about polio? Hasn't it been cured throughout the world? Uh, no, indeed, polio has not been cured throughout the world. There are still four countries that remain endemic or have naturally occurring wild polio virus, and the mo world's most vulnerable children are being affected by polio like they were in the United States in the early epidemics. And what is Rotary doing about that? Uh, Rotary is doing a lot about that. For one, we are fundraising. We are in the middle of our third fundraising effort, a $200 million campaign that is matching a $355 million grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's Bill and Melinda Gates of Microsoft fame. They gave us how much money? They gave us $355 million. Wow. And Rotary needs to match $200 million against that $355. But also Rotarians are very active on the ground in the polio endemic countries or where polio is naturally occurring, um, doing hands-on work like immunizing children, raising awareness, providing um, treats for children after they get immunized, delivering the vaccine. And we also are very active in advocacy, that is engaging countries like the G8 countries like Japan, uh, the UK, Germany, in raising funds also for polio eradication. Now you said there are only a few countries that still have polio uh, epidemics. Uh, which countries are those? There are four countries, and that's India, Nigeria, Pakistan, and Afghanistan. But there are also several other countries that are experiencing outbreaks of polio um, because they are getting virus from those four endemic countries. And how much does it cost to treat a child uh, with the polio vaccine to prevent a lifetime of crippling? It costs, uh, we say, 60 cents. It's only 60 cents worth of vaccine can protect a child for life from polio. Now, here in the booth at uh, beautiful Birmingham, we have here what uh, I haven't seen since I was a young boy, and, and one of the kids in my Cub Scout group had to be put into here because he came down with polio, an iron lung. I didn't realize these still existed. Is this currently in use, or is this an antique? Now, this is 
an antique. Um, they aren't really needed in the industrialized world because children are not being affected by polio. We have it here in the booth to uh, educate people on what happened during the polio e uh, epidemics and show them how it works. We'll have it working on Monday and Tuesday, but indeed it is uh, thankfully um, an antique. Well, hopefully, with that 60 cents a child and all the money that the Rotarians have raised and matched by Bill Gates, we'll finally stamp out polio around the world. Yes, that, that is the goal of Rotary International. It is the top uh, priority for our organization, and we are confident that we will finish the job. Carol Pandak, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you. I'm delighted now to welcome to Radio Rotary Jackie Potter. And Jackie is from England, right here in Birmingham or someplace else? Uh, well, yes, from England, about 45 minutes down the M6 I live. Where would that be? Um, a place called Kettering. It's in Northamptonshire. Sounds like a lovely place. And you're a Rotarian? Uh, no, I'm not. I actually am the corporate events manager for Guide Dogs. Well, tell us a little about, about the Guide Dog program you have here, right here in beautiful Birmingham at the National Events Center, a obstacle course of, of some type where people are putting on blindfolds and are being led around by guide dogs. Why are you doing that? We're here for a twofold reason. The, the, the major reason that we're here is to actually say thank you on behalf of all guide dog schools in the world to the Rotarians for their support because we're part of an international federation as well, the International Federation of Guide Dog Schools. So we're here to say thank you on behalf of them. And the second thing is to actually um, educate and inform people about guide dogs how we use them, how we work them, who's eligible to have a one. Um, and what the guys are doing, Andy and Richard, they're both guide dog trainers. They're my demonstration team. Um, and they're showing how we train the dogs to overcome obstacles. What are the major obstacles that actually affect blind and partially sighted people? And as you mentioned, donning, uh, people, people putting blindfolds on people. So for a kind of tiny, weeny few moments, they can actually get an empathy of what it's like to lose your vision completely and hopefully realize how wonderful these dogs are and how they can literally change people's lives. Now, Jackie Potter, what kind of breeds of dogs are best for guide dogs for the blind? Well, you would think that they were all Labradors, but actually the majority of them are Labradors crossed with Golden Retrievers. They just look like Labradors. The reason for that is because you've got the working instinct of a Golden Retriever and you've got the lovely calm temperament of a Labrador. So predominantly we use pure Labs, pure Retrievers, a cross between them and German Shepherds. They're the main dogs that we use. Have you heard of a Labradoodle? No, no, I haven't. Tell us what that is. Guide dogs invented Labradoodles. It's a standard poodle, which are the big poodles, crossed with a yellow Labrador because we had quite a few clients who were allergic to dog hair. And of course, poodles don't molt. So we crossed those two breeds and we've now come up with a dog which is suitable to be a guide dog, but it doesn't lose its hair. So therefore, we've got another um, group of blind or partially sighted people that might not have had a guide dog that they can actually have one now. So we have quite a few of those as well. How long does it take to train a guide dog, both before they come up uh, with a client and then with the client itself? Right, well, the six weeks to 12 months with a puppy walker, and that's basic training and introducing them to as many different scenarios as possible. Taking them into restaurants, shopping malls, busy places. About three months basic guide dog training, and then two months with their potential new owner. So the dog's around about 18, 19 months old when they qualify. They then work until they're about 9 or 10 and then we retire them. Usually the dogs tell us when they're ready for retirement because they don't get all excited when they put the harness on them. It's like, oh geez, do 
have to go back to work again. And that's when we know, right, okay, it's time for you to have a rest. Sort of like some people I know, myself included, having retired. Yeah. Yes, I can relate to that completely. Well, Jackie Potter, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. You're very welcome. Thank you very much indeed. And we're back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. This tree was never chopped down because this crutch never needed to be carved because these legs never grew weak because this child never got polio. Over the past 20 years, Rotary Club members have helped immunize over 2 billion children against polio. Now we're on the brink of eradicating this crippling disease once and for all. But we need your help. Thanks to an historic matching grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, every dollar Rotary raises will work twice as hard to make sure vaccines reach the people who need it, to protect the children of the world against polio forever. This is an opportunity to end polio now. Visit rotary.org slash end polio. Rotary. Humanity in motion. Hudson Valley Talk Radio. Welcome back to more Radio Rotary, our exclusive coverage from the Rotary International Convention in the heart of England, beautiful Birmingham. And with me today is Nicholas Peary of Hong Kong. Nick, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you very much. I am here from Hong Kong South, and we started a leprosy patients project 10 years ago, which is running quietly in southern China, and we manage 11 centers in the earthquake area of Sichuan. Explain to our listeners what exactly is leprosy. It's a bacillus like TB, caught if you don't wash. Soap and water kill it, and you have to sleep with dirty underwear probably for a year in order to get it. And what are the uh, effects of leprosy? I mean, we we remember from the Bible, uh, lepers being cured, but a lot of people don't really understand what it's all about. Well, very simply, if you get two white patches on your arm, and then maybe get five or six over your body, you need to go to see a doctor, because that's the beginning of the leprosy bacillus. You only get it if you're very run down. And what are the after effects of that if it's not treated? Well, you lose all sensation in your peripheral nerves, so you lose the the sensation in your fingers, your toes, uh, your eyelids, eyebrows, and if you're a man, in your testicles. And what is uh, Rotary in Hong Kong South doing about this? Well, in southern China, there are no medical services for leprosy patients, so we started a medical service. We have 10 full-time staff employed directly by Rotary, and we do rehab, we do work in schools, we build water systems for villages where there's no water, so we can begin to treat people who've got active leprosy. Well, Nick Perry, that's all part of Rotary's humanitarian efforts, and I want to thank you for being a part of that wonderful effort. Thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you so much. Thank you from Birmingham. We're back here in the National Event Center's uh, beautiful house of friendship here in Birmingham, and with me is David Avery of Bideford Bridge, England. Bideford Bridge. Bideford Bridge, England. And I'm the, the uh, chairman of our foundation committee in a very small market town in, in England and uh, some time ago we had a, a talk at one of our meetings that underlined 
bring to us the importance of anaesthesia for the developing world and the lack of it and the fact that much of the equipment that is donated by the World Health Organization and others uh, is inappropriate. It goes over there and it's hardly ever used or breaks down very shortly. And then we, we went into it and we learnt that in, in, our, in our area, one person produces equipment that deals with it and we've, we hope there are other places in the world that do that. And we decided that to provide uh, anaesthesia equipment to the developing world, we would immediately save many lives and we would do much uh, to support the foundation's aims of reducing infant mortality and reducing death. So we, we said, how should we do a project? Well, we provided a little bit of equipment as tubs can. And you have some of that equipment on display here, including some that looks like it's an antique. It's, it's, yeah, we, we've got equipment here. The some that's been there a hundred years, you will still find it in, in developing world. We've got a piece of equipment over there that uh, is at least 30 years old. It only has ether for putting people to sleep. And if you want to ventilate them, then you've got a hand thing you've got to pump up and down. And we hear so many stories of hospitals in African countries where the poor anaesthetist, who is usually just a nurse, after about eight hours, she has to stop pushing this thing up and down with her hands, and the patient dies, and that happens quite a few times. So the, 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 the equipment that is available today will deal with that, even if the electricity fails, because it will use uh, pressurized gas to keep on running. And of course, in simple terms, and I'm not a doctor actually, even though I'm dressed up like one here, uh, if you can't breathe, you can't live. And sometimes, for all sorts of reasons, and that's quite true of, of mums that have just given birth to their children, you need something to do the breathing for you, and if you haven't got it, you die. And therefore, equipment that will do that in the conditions found in Africa, we believe, is a very important thing that we, the Rotary, could deal with. And if we do do some of this, it will immediately save many, many lives. And that's why we're here. Now, David Avery, how many different countries and in what continents have you sent this kind of modern anesthetic equipment? Uh, I haven't, we haven't put it there. The company that uh, made that piece of equipment, which is only one example of that equipment, I think has got it into about... Th I've, got a, I've got a slide for our presentation. Uh, uh, oh, I think 30 or 40 countries. And certainly some of the main charities are now using it. Well, that's terrific. David Avery of... Uh, Bidyford Bridge, Bidyford Bridge, England. Thanks so much, yes. and it's another great Rotarian humanitarian effort on your part. Thanks for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you very much. Sir. My next guest is Kim okay. Musluski. I hope I got that right from San Diego North Rotary Club in California. Kim, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you. It's nice to be here, Jonah. Now tell us about the Thousand Smiles Foundation. Thousand Smiles Foundation has been in existence since 1985. Uh, we go, we travel four times a year to Ensenada, Mexico, and we take care of poor children down there, children who otherwise go unattended, um, kids with cleft palates. Cleft palates a hole in the roof of their mouth, and they have sometimes seven or eight surgeries in their lives. We take care of them from the time they're babies until they're adults. Uh, everything's free. Everybody's a volunteer. We get doctors who volunteer from UCLA, UCSD. They bring their residents with them. We get nurses who come down and volunteer. 
and we spend a weekend uh, four times a year and we treat up to 120 patients while we're there. We do dental, orthodontics, uh, the surgeries, we do some um, bone grafting for the children's hips to their mouth to cover up the hole uh, and we're always looking for volunteers. We're on the uh, we have a, a website, it's www.thousandsmiles.org and I would encourage your uh, listeners to come and, and uh, visit us on the website and volunteer if they'd like. Well, that, Kim, that's terrific. And, you know, the folks at home can't see, but you've got a series of pictures here of children who start out tragically disfigured and then, through your efforts, have beautiful faces for the rest of their lives. Give us that website once again, Kim. www.thousandsmiles.org Kim, thanks so much for being on Radio Rotary. Thank you, sir. I'm delighted now to welcome to our Radio Rotary program here in Birmingham, England, Vivian Smith of Atlanta, Georgia, who's going to tell me a little bit about Rotarians for Fighting AIDS. Vivian, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you. What is Rotarians for Fighting AIDS? We are a non-profit organization, obviously, connected with Rotary. We're um, an action group of Rotary. And we have teamed up with um, Hope Worldwide. We, through us, we got a grant from the United States government from USAID of $6 million to work in six countries in Africa. And we are mainly helping children. Um, we have um, adopted an orphan where we give for $450 we sponsor an orphan and we provide them with two school uniforms, rain gear, we give them the books and the pencils that they need for school and we also give them some food. And these are children who have been orphaned because they've lost both parents or one parent at least AIDS? Exactly both parents in this case and if they don't have school uniform they cannot go to school and how big a problem is this? I noticed in the poster behind you that it says 17 million orphans. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct, yes. And it's growing. And as, as every day, there are more and more orphans being produced for us. And how many can we as Rotarians help through Rotarians fighting for a, fighting AIDS? Well, through Hope Worldwide, we're helping many thousands of children. We're providing them with, um, for instance, we have have kids clubs because these children are at risk after school because they live mostly in the ghettos. Are they unsupervised? Do they have no adults in their life? Some of them only have their siblings. We have um, children as, as young as 12 years old who are taking care of their siblings and um, they have to do the best they can to provide them with food. So uh, at least when they go to a kids club, they're given a sandwich after school and they're given counseling. And it's very touching. Uh, we visited one of these clubs and um, three of the children wanted to tell us about their parents dying. And they couldn't get through it because they'd lost them within a few weeks of when they were trying to tell their story. Well, Vivian Smith of Atlanta, Georgia, Rotarians for Fighting AIDS is another wonderful example of Rotary humanity in action. And thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you very much. My final guest this morning is Peter Morley of Redby, England. And he's talking to us about the Carbon Dioxide Offset Trust run by Rotarians. Peter, what is all that about? It's all to do with uh, climate change and global warming. 
and uh, we are trying to get Rotarians to uh, offset their CO2 emissions by uh, burning carbon fuels to uh, pay us a small donation so that we can invest in rotary projects that remove CO2 or um, eliminate CO2 from the atmosphere. Well, now, i got to find out how much I owe you. I flew here from New York, and I'm taking the Queen Mary back home. So what kind of offset do I owe? About uh, $20. $20. It sounds good. Uh, seriously, uh, talk a little bit about global warming and its dangers. Some people think it's a, it's a myth, that it's not true. What has your research shown, Peter? Well, the research is showing that the climate is definitely changing. The argument, of course, is what's causing it, and we are are firmly of the opinion that uh, it is man and his, uh, his emissions of CO2. And when you think that the uh, Earth's atmosphere is the equivalent to the varnish on the outside of a baseball ball, that gives you some idea of how fragile it actually is. You mean thickness, just like a coat of varnish? Exactly right, yes, yes. And uh, we think that it's quite possible for man to have an impact on that. And uh, so that is why we're so keen on doing this. And the sort of projects that we are supporting with the donations that we get are the Fresno uh, Rotary Club in California's Solar Oven Project. And uh, it's, a, it's a mirrored a solar oven that they can cook without using any fuel. Exactly right, yes, yes. Um, in fact, one of my colleagues in UK um, used one of these in his back garden the other day to cook a chicken casserole, and he managed to do it in English sunlight uh, in two hours. Well, the weather here has been very beautiful. Now, these, the donations to offset the carbon use, where, where are those donations going? What are they going to be used for? They go straight into our bank account via the Internet. And uh, as I say, we then, we then fund rotary projects um, uh, to offset CO2. And as I say, one is the carbon offset, the uh, solar oven, and the other one is the um, tree planting that one of our associate clubs in England are uh, reforesting a very large valley. And if our listeners want more information, do you have a website or other ways of information? Tell us what the website is. The website is co2offsettrust.org. Say that once more. co2offsettrust.org. Peter Morley, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Great pleasure. Thank you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our sojourn here to the heart of England in Birmingham and the Rotary International Convention as much as I have. We've heard a great deal about wonderful projects that Rotarians around the world are doing. And until next week at this time, this is Jonah Trebowasser thanking you for joining us on Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. Highland Rotary Club's Hudson Valley Rib Fest on August 14th, 15th, and 16th at the Ulster County Fairgrounds, Liberty Road in New Paltz. Great entertainment, great music, and especially great food. For more information, visit HudsonValleyRibFest.org. That's HudsonValleyRibFest.org.